Hello gamers, this is Andrew Gonzalez and I'm here with my co-host Josh Edgington and this is 8-Bit Movie Review, the podcast where we review movies based off video games. This week we tackle the 1994 smash hit Double Dragon. remember seeing this in the theaters i don't actually think i saw this in the movie theaters i really i i feel like i've watched this on tv a bunch of times and sadly as a kid i actually loved this movie and remember it i'm here that i'm saying loved so with a d in the past tense yes because that is not the case now yeah well, I remember seeing this movie like like as a really pumped nine year old. Like I'm going to see Double Dragon, dragging my dad along with me, and uh, you know how parents are like they just don't give a shit. But uh, I think even as like a nine year old, I realized there was something really fucky with this movie while I was watching it, and I just I, I thought even then like this is just not great. Well, I, I think for me it was like uh, I don't know. Rewatching old movies, I'm, I'm starting to learn that I think as a kid, movies I liked and thought were awesome. I think I just thought they were awesome because I was just a kid and I'm, wa- I'm just watching a movie. So to me, all movies were just awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was also a pretty big fan of the video game originally. I remember playing it a lot on NES. And uh, if you know the game, you know that the plot is very simple. Your girlfriend is taken by a gang and you're like, hey, I want to get that, get her back. This movie... This movie's not that. Not at all. So, give give you give like a little breakdown of what you think the movie plot is. Um, it's 2007. Of course, the future. But everybody dresses like it's the 90s. Yeah, they basically dress like if you raided the closet of that girl from Clarissa Explains It All. Like, her fashion sense, everyone has that. That's what this movie takes place in her closet. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. Post-apocalyptic. 2007. Explains it all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's a post-earthquake. Don't forget about that. The big earthquake. Well, I didn't get to finish my synopsis of the movie. From what I've seen, it just seems like maybe just California is messed up. Well, it's is it California or is yeah, it's California. It's Mm -hmm. New Los Angeles. Well, that yeah. Well, old Los Angeles is in California. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, like, I thought I thought it was, like, also, like, California merged with, like, Pennsylvania or something? Like, didn't states, like, merge together or something like that? Well, that's the worst thing about this movie. They don't show you the world map after the, the big earthquake. They just kind of show you a couple areas within, like, California, like, underwater. And uh, that's really it. So you don't really get a good geographical image of what's really going on after this earthquake. Yeah, Andy Dick didn't really give us a amount of, good amount of information of... That's true. Very true. Andy Dick being the uh, the news weather reporter, uh, using his real name. Yep. One of three characters in this movie who are like, I'm going to use my own, my real name. George Hamilton and Vanna White, White are also news reporters because... Because they their name is credible enough, I guess, to just be in the movie. Maybe they're the only celebrities left alive. 
<laughs> well, that's that's yeah, that's 2007 for you. So you continue with the plot. And this guy Shuko seems to run everything, and he wants world domination, even though he seems to already have it. <laughs> Very fair point. Very he, fair point. He's gonna do with these medallions called the Double Dragons. Yep, and uh, it's it's great, great CGI, or probably not even CGI at that point. I don't think computers even made images that bad. It was probably still like claymation that they used, but. Um, yeah, the plot is nonsensical. Um, like we said, the game plot, you just fight a bunch of guys to save your girlfriend. This game, it's this random guy who's pretending to be a Japanese warlord, but he's Robert Patrick, the T-1000, wants to get a medallion, which lets him turn into the specters from Ghost, things that drag the guy. That's so funny, because <laughs> I even put in my notes, I was like, he looks like the... They like go right by Patrick Swayze and pull that guy to hell. It's like, yep. he looks, why did he turn into that? Is that really what the double dragon gives him power to do? But then he also turns into scramble porn. That's true, he does. He turns into basically the music video for Take On Me. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, and, I mean, why? I don't get it. Well, let's, let's, let's first talk about, I, just, I, I want to talk about this opening. Because I remember... When you first saw this opening, did you think it took place like feudal Japan? Like, um, like when I first saw it with you, I remember watching it and being like, "Oh, so this is the history. This is a flashback." And that because you know they're in this ancient-looking village, and you know that seemed to 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 thrive even after these earthquakes that. Took over the whole world. You mean the village that they say is is run by monks who cut their tongues out, but you can clearly see everyone still has their tongues because they do multiple close ups on people doing like death. And you hear them. You hear them. Yeah. Like, it's like wow. Thanks for mentioning that valid point that is immediately just dismissed. Yep. And then I, I remember thinking it was a past. And then all of a sudden you see one of the ninjas, the bad ninjas, pull out a radio. And call Shuko, and it's Lash, and I'm like, wait, what? So, who is Lash? Lash is basically, they took the whip female enemy from Dungeon Drag, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, Double Dragon, excuse me, and uh, that's just a main character. Yeah. It's just a main character. I feel like the, the whip figure is also who you see a lot in like games like Streets of Rage, and... Um, I think there's also, they have that in Maximum Carnage. I think I remember seeing, like, female blondes with whips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they go after this medallion. It says somewhere in China. I mean, they don't actually tell you, like, where in China. Because the writers just... They they don't, yeah. They didn't want all the fans to go on a trip to this country in China. Like, we need to find the double dragon medallion. <laughs> Do you think they just didn't know the geography they didn't of know. China? No, they didn't. They didn't know. No. <laughs> what should we just say? Just somewhere, man. But we, we want it to be mysterious. China's mysterious. That's where it is. The whole country. So, they get that medallion, and then they give it back to Robert Patrick, who is just, oh, chef's kiss. Like, wow. <laughs> he is the classic 90s douche with the black hair and the frosted tips and the one earring. And did you notice... How throughout the entire movie he smokes a cigarette. Yeah. Even when he's fighting. Yeah. 
all time smoking a cigarette. See, that's the thing. Like, what is with the smoking, and why is he afraid of light? Right. Like they never explain that. He just like Ugh, I don't. One scene. One scene. They turn. Someone turns a light, and like you know not to. Turn the light on without my shades. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck does that have anything to do with anything? And first I thought maybe it was he had the, because of the medallion. He didn't have the medallion, I don't think, at that point. I think it was a little bit after he just got the medallion. Like, he's just like, there's only one, and then he crushes it into his hand. Because he turns into the Take On Me video. That was cool, I guess. So that was the soul. The power of the soul was in that medallion. Where you could just morph into people and and that's it. Be a murderous shadow. Yeah. That's that's cool. Thank you. Really cool. But like so to break down Shuko, like who is he? Like, why is he own half the city? The he even has he even took over Kellogg's. If in in the the scene where we introduce Alyssa Milano's character, well, she's not introduced here. It was actually where we see her with her wig on at home, and her dad's eating breakfast. And this is the show us that yeah, she's it's, a, it's where you find out that her dad's the chief of police, and yeah. she's like living a double life. Like, Did you ugh. see what what her father? Yeah, Shuko Flake. Shuko Krispies. Sorry, yeah, Shuko Krispies. <laughs> well, it's pre- it's pretty easy to figure out. Like Shuko, there was stuff everywhere for that cup, that brand. Even when they had that little scene where it's just an air station, and the guy's like, "Hey, you're hogging all the air." That's like Shuko branded air. Yeah, and it's they they're just a huge corporation. Yeah, he's 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 monopolized everything. Yeah. But this is the thing too. For someone who's monopolized everything, nobody knows what he looks like. Yeah, and why do you need to take over more if you already own the entire yeah. city? Like, what you, does, have, you have all of, like, California, basically. What does he want? Well, he wants a double dragon. Well, he wants a double dragon, but why? Be that double demon thing. He, well, we'll get to that. Wait. The double demon thing with the fucking super rubber swords. So, we get that whole beginning, and then we get this, this amazing tournament that was obviously filmed in, like, an elementary school. Yeah, show. like a YMCA... <laughs> Like a boys and girls club gymnasium, something like that. And like they're like, hey kids, you want to be in the Double Dragons movie? They're like, yeah, yeah. be in the background. Because there's the scene where like they all running and like you just see everyone looking at the camera like yep. fucking unprofessionals. And uh, yeah, so we get introduced to Jimmy and Billy Lee. And Bobby. No, it's Billy. It's, it's Billy. <laughs> well, it's Bimmy in the game. Jimmy and Bimmy. It is Bimmy? Yes, they translated it to Bimmy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I wish they had... had Called him Bimmy in the movie. I would have actually appreciated that a lot more. By the way, who do not look related at all? Oh uh, no, one is a like a martial art, like a Japanese like actor or Asian actor, and he's actually he does other like martial arts stuff. He's actually actually fun fact, he is currently the uh, the chairman on the American version of Iron Chef. Oh really? With Alton Brown, yes, the guy that played. The Asian Lee? I don't know. Which one was him? Jimmy or Jimmy? He was or Billy? Jimmy. Okay. Billy was the white guy. Constantly, Billy! Oh, yeah. Jesus. Billy! Yeah. Then you have the stereotypical white guy in a 90s movie who's protect The stereotypical, like, 30 to 35-year-old actor playing, like, a 16-year-old to 18-year-old white person. Who's being raised by a woman that is almost looks exactly their own age. Yeah. If she's more than two, three years older than them, I, I wouldn't believe it. So they look the same age, and you're like, oh, 
That's basically our mom. Yeah, but what, what about your real parents? Did they die in the earthquake? Yeah, they don't really describe, like, what happened to their mom. They're more concerned with the dad. And Shatori, like, just trains them to, like, go to abandoned YMCA's and do martial art fights. For, tw- like, $2,000 prizes. So, in a post-earthquake 2007... The roads are flooded everywhere. Parts of Hollywood are underwater and everyone's traveling by boat, but they still have amateur karate competitions just for for money. Just, they still have it. It's a very important part of the economy, I guess, at this point. So important that when you look up their stats, they tell you what belt they are. Wow. When Shu goes looking them up, this is like Billy Lee, third degree black belt. What? Why would there be a database for that? Be careful. <laughs> Brown eyes, black belt. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> I also wanted to bring up, because it's just like your typical post-apocalyptic trope. <laughs> like, when they're fighting, they're, a, a small earthquake starts to happen, and we see this jack that they have holding up the ceiling... And they have a little person with a cigar come up and start doing the jack to keep the ceiling from falling. I feel like if watch kids' movies from the '90s, there are midgets in them because well, back but, then midgets were funny. <laughs> well, what I mean is, is it's like, like he's like the guy running the thing. <laughs> so I feel like that's such like a, a future trope, like post-apocalyptic thing. They'd be like, "Ooh, there's little people in this. There must be something in the water in the future." Like, think of Road Warrior. Master Blaster? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, there just needs to be representation in movies. Yeah. Dwarves need dwarves need acting roles, too. Yeah, well, yeah, but, like, you know it's the future. There's little people in there. I'm sure, like, one would survive the earthquake. <laughs> At least, that's why he's running his own karate tournaments. <laughs> you know what he's actually Respect doing? Respect the man. He is doing pretty good for himself. He... I made more than you make in a year yeah. at that one no oh he had one line excuse me he's like ah, don't worry everybody this is jacking up <laughs> <laughs> just keep doing that everybody's running away and he's still <laughs> he's like no no I'll keep the ceiling from falling on everyone place your bets well I mean that's just part of the, the landscape in this post earthquake 2007 future is that it, buildings are underwater and mostly held up by jacks for some reason instead of fixing the buildings. And I guess there's such bad pollution. They just have giant fans everywhere and on top of every building. It's just uh, it's just the world they live in. It's a rough one. Rough times, man. Yeah. Well, it's 2007, so, I mean, we lived through that. We lived through the earthquake. It was rough. Yeah. We lost a lot of good friends. Yeah. I, I dropped a... A pan of fries on the on the ground. Mm-hmm. Those were all my friends. Yep. <laughs> so the karate tournament. Yeah, we're moving on from the karate tournament. Well, uh, can we talk about how they get disqualified? By, yeah, it's by just a <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's the stupid like kids movie stuff of just like, no, you gotta have discipline. He's like, what? I'm the crazy guy. He's like, I'm gonna give this opponent because he talks about give him a little nuggy. Like, hey, you can't do that in an official tournament. And then they all, everyone starts fighting in the room. Even kids, they start fighting each other. Yeah, Billy is the most ridiculous character in this movie. Like, yeah, he kind of reminds me. They're, they're probably like, 
giving him acting direction and said, like, do you know Michelangelo from T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Exactly. This is who you should just be. But don't say, like, Cowabunga. Because we can't. We can't pay for the, the rights. Uh, Cowabunga! Cowabunga! They were like, how about this? Instead of saying, like, a catchphrase, we'll just do this really cool handshake. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the punch slap. The, the punch slap. Like what is what what is that? Yeah, that's the double dragon. You didn't know that. That's the double. <laughs> that's the double dragon. That's the. Um... No, it's just really stupid. Uh, well, that was another thing with movies back then. They're just like, oh, the kids have like a, a secret handshake or a secret slap or some stupid bullshit like that. I'm actually not gonna lie. I guarantee you, my brother and I did that when we were younger. Oh, I definitely had a secret handshake with my dad. Yeah, I probably I can't remember it, but. Well, I Remember, mean, there was a lot of t- a lot of parts to it. I think we just did the double dragon. That's what I mean. Fucking copycats. We probably were like, <laughs> we should do that because we're brothers too. And you and I'm you're the Asian one. He's the white <laughs> one because <laughs> your eyes are very yeah. That, that made no sense. It made no sense. And so we leave the martial art tournament. And another thing that I thought was crazy was so they go back to their. I will say, I think it's really cool that they live in a theater. That's, like, a pretty cool place to live. Yeah. And well, th- we haven't got to the theater yet. First, we need to be introduced to a character from Double Dragon. Oh, yes. Was... I'm jumping ahead too Yeah, far. we don't need to get to... We, we need to give a Bobo his... His, his due respect. His due respect, yeah. So, uh, I don't know if anyone has... Pl- if you've played Double Dragon, but a Bobo is a boss character. He's a boss, and then you fight him as a normal character later on in the game. A few of them, you know, different shades of them because <laughs> that's what they do in old games they yeah it was such a trip. color swap them and it's just like well that's a new character now but a bobo is a tall shirtless bald guy with like a mustache andrew what is a bobo in this movie well he's definitely not henry rollins which i thought well i would say like if henry rollins was playing biff from back to the future 2 like future biff like dressed like future biff but he's played by henry rollins so he's like big and, like, way angrier. Well, when I first saw this, I actually thought it was Henry Rollins. But he actually looks like, like, a Cherokee Indian. With, like, because he's got that mohawk braid thingy. Mm-hmm. And he's got the war paint on his head. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is first stage Abobo I'm talking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's a human uh, still. Yeah, he's, he's just a tall, human, muscular, really stupid person. Like, acts really stupid. Intentionally stupid. Like, I can't drive my car. <laughs> yeah, just... Okay. So, a Bobo's gang pulls over Jimmy and Bimmy. I'm going to ca- keep calling him Bimmy because I know the game. Or do you mean Ugly and oh, Homely? That joke is so good. Which I actually thought it was Fugly and Ugly, but it's a kid's movie, so they yeah. can't say Fugly. Yeah. Well, that's why they only got one shit in the movie. I'm so happy who they gave it to. We'll get to that point. Two. No, there's only one because it, it, before the character says, oh, shh. And he was like, that's right. And he stops him. And then the other character says, oh, shit. And that's at the very end. See, that's what I, the subtitles picked it up. Well, subtitles aren't always filled it in. It yeah. Filled it in for the first Both, yeah, both yeah. of them it didn't. I was like, because I, I even remember thinking two shits that was probably the that was probably the redeeming thing i remember from the movie walking out being like shit yeah that was awesome double dragon my dad's like so did you like that movie because 
Clearly he hated it. But you like, know, no, but shit. <laughs> right? That was fucking cool. Well, they said shit, Daddy. They said shit. Can I say that on the right note? Just Nick Cartwright. Okay. What was uh what was his his counterpart's name? Above? did they even give him a name? I don't know, just the dweeby guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, That's like Skeeter from Doug. <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> didn't, didn't honk as much, but yeah. He might as well have. He's just an animated character. And they did all this stuff like flashing between them and them like ah, screaming. Well, they're jerking off a, the a joystick. joystick. Yeah. Like they've never used a joystick before. Yeah. So basically they're trying to rob Jimmy and Billy. Rob her, them of the double dragon medallion that they don't even know that the lady they're with. What's her name again? Um, Shatori. Shatori. I hope I'm saying that right, but I'm going to stick to Maybe. it. Maybe. Shatori. Yeah. So she has that, and they try to steal it. And what mm. what do they use to activate the NOS, the nitrous in their future car, to pull away? Cheese Whiz, baby! Yeah, because Cheese Whiz is basically nitrous. <laughs> that's, that's, um, those are my kind of people. Cheese... Cheese with cheese with the box. Yeah, the, I mean the registration wasn't in there or nothing like that. Well, there was a map, but it was covered in cheese. Well, I mean it's, that's cheese whiz glove compartment. But as far as I know, by cheese whiz, it doesn't just come out when you leave it somewhere. So one of them would have had to have been like, "This is the map," and like cheese whiz all over the map, and then just shove it back in there. Yeah. Well, Billy was a prankster, so you know. Yeah, he probably did that. Probably definitely did that. He was on the spectrum. Yeah. So they big chase, really comical chase, using all the future technology of 1970 and, uh, well, 1970 and 2007. You mean 2007? No, no, no. Like, the technology uh, of 1970 in 2007. Just like, oh, we added more buttons, and we're going beep, beep, bloop, bloop, bloop. Well, that's future. That's the future right there. A telescope on your, uh... Yeah, because people have telescopes on their car. So... That's cool. Big long chase, and then they have a really long back and forth session while a Bobo's car crashes with him and the passenger. Like 20 to 30 seconds, just going back and forth where they're just screaming, making faces because they're crashing. And it, I felt like it just went on a little too long. And even zoomed in on one of the, the scrying one's mouth going, Ooh! Yeah, like making weird faces. I guess they thought that kids in 1994 thought that was fun. Well, I mean, probably. Yeah, I, thought I, I probably funny. thought it was funny when yeah, I was one. Yeah, did one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot about you, but... Yeah. So, Jimmy and Billy, they get away. They still have the medallion, but who do they run into? Power Core. Power Core. Well, because they, uh, Abobo, survives the crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they survive the crash, and they, they run away, because then they see the Power Corp. Another rival gang who you learn is actually like a good gang. They're still a gang. The graffiti gang. The graffiti gang. Run by Alyssa Milano. It's just Alyssa Milano. And uh, so basically, what what would you say these Power Corp kind of remind you of? I actually couldn't, I couldn't even think of it off the back because immediately when they show Alyssa Milano, they were just like, oh, here's her butt. So I actually didn't realize there was other people around because all I could focus is on the camera was just showing the first ass shot of many in this movie, Alyssa Milano. Oh, well, all of those were for the, the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have to have that stuff. And then the reaction of the two brothers like, hmm? Dang? This is a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah, like 10-year-olds like butts, though. 
I would say they looked like the new kids on the block, if mm-hmm. that's what they were going for. Yeah, I was going to say more like the camp counselors from Salute Your Shorts joined Antifa. That's kind of like what I, they reminded me of. Just like, hey, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> we're Antifa. <laughs> Fascists. <laughs> so we brought up, we mentioned a couple of the gangs. So this post-apocalyptic, but somehow still there's an economy running and everything. They have gangs. And we didn't even mention the important part. For some reason, which they never explain, the gangs are given free roam throughout the night. But the police get to maintain order during the day. Was it, did they ever explain why they made that compromise? Was it just, we can't handle it 24 hours a day, so we'll just let them do what they want at night? Which makes no sense, because I feel like knowing that the gangs will be coming out at a certain time where you could pinpoint, where, by the way, nobody has any good secret layers in this in this movie. Mo- no, I mean, the Power <laughs> Corp's the only one that has a layer, and it's terrible. They're a Power Corp in the, in the Apocalypse, but they're not conserving power. They're wasting it. Oh, yeah. They have one motorized generator, generator, excuse me, and it's running, like, huge, like, Vegas-style neon signs for something that serve no purpose. No. Like, it's useless. So, Josh, what was your favorite gang? My favorite gang? Uh, well, I really like the matching getup of the clowns with the the gloves that had, like, like the weird things like on the tennis ball little thing, no. tennis ball fingers and they're just all creepy but i have to give it to the postmen the postmen <laughs> you think they're just mailmen but they are they are their own gang airmail yeah a guy tries to kill himself to crush J- jimmy and billy that, that's later that's i mean spoilers sorry uh, he does. He lives. He lives. He doesn't die. He should have died. But he, 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 he jumped off a water saber. tower. He jumped off a water tower. He should be dead. But they probably that was another thing they probably put in the trailer because it's that wacky thing of like, oh, he's coming down, and then just like, oh, we'll step one step away and flatten the mud. Like they probably put like a like in the trailer too. They make that noise like yeah. double dragon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> using Nickelodeon gack to create it. I actually wrote a list of the gangs I've noticed, if you want to hear them. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm, I missed a few. The Breakdance Clown Gang. Yes. Um, the Finger Clown Gang, because I felt like there was two different type of clowns. I didn't catch there was multiple clown factions. In this, well, some had those fingers, 2007. Mm-hmm. and then others were wearing fishnets with sweatbands and neon underneath. Wow. Um, the Mailmen. Of course. The Mohawk Gang. Yep. The Angus Young Gang. There was people that looked like how Angus Young from ACDC dresses with little hats that had blue and yellow stripes on it. Angus Young gang, okay. Mountain bike gang. Remember they got chased by a gang on mountain bikes? The Cure gang, because it was like emo looking people. Yep. And the Waterworld gang. True. Yeah. Which looked like extras from Waterworld. Yeah, they, they basically were. Um, I'm still going to stick with the mailmen because... It's, it's just postal workers. They're doing their job during the day and then a gang at night. It's amazing. I will say uh, that, yeah, I thought it was, they were the most ununique uniform out of all of the gangs that just looked crazy. But I will say my favorite gang was definitely the Breakdance Clowns. Breakdance Clowns, yeah. Yeah, I... 
can't really fuck with any of these gangs. But what makes me think, did they just go like on the studio and just grab extras from different movies and were they just did. like, hey, you want to be in a movie? We need another movie? We need- this is Double Dragon. They didn't think out these things. Like they weren't trying to build like this is going to be a trilogy and these gangs are going to be the focus of the next one and we're going to world build the hell out of this. They didn't think of that. What they thought was, can we sell toys? Can we get children to watch this movie? Which leads us into our next part. So, they get away from Abobo. He goes back and he reports to T-1000 and tells him all about the little trinket, not realizing it was the medallion that he wanted. So then what they do is they experiment on poor Abobo. What do they turn him into, Andrew? What can you what can you give me as far as just a visual on the turn him into that uh, a beefier version of that guy from Return of the Jedi at Baba's palace that's like Jabba no Baba. Hmm. That's what I remember because it's got the weird neck thing. Around yeah, I was thinking there. like a buff Jabba the Hutt that could stand. Yeah, pretty much. But what I was thinking also, you know how when they bring him down to the, this weird cellar that they don't explain at all, where they have a lot of experiments going on, where you would think this would be a good time to be like, so what's his, what is Shuko's plan? Like, that is mainly like, what what is his real plan? So, when he pretty much knows what they're going to do to him, and then he sees the chair, and he's like, no! You think of Bobo's just afraid of chairs? Well, he's a really stupid person. They've already established that throughout the movie. I think he might just be like, I can't get out because my muscles are so big. It'll, the chair will pinch me. The chair will pinch me. <laughs> he already likes um, steroids. So oh, yeah, clearly. You think he loves them. That's why he's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, he can't even think. So we have uh, Buff Jabba. He comes out. It's just a terrible person who can't walk. Like, in that, yeah. that suit, they can't walk. It was very evident. But you know it's... I feel like as a viewer, we know it's him clearly immediately. And, like, I just thought it was weird that Billy and Jimmy didn't even know who he was. Hmm. Well, they just saw a monster. And they had to go, Mama, Mama, monster! <laughs> like they're at Scooby-Doo or something. Ghost! But you think he would they would have known, and I don't know why they. this was a quote in the movie... You think he would? They would have realized who he was when he said, "Ugh, Lee, Home, Lee, Stanley." Yeah, why did they call? Why did they add Stanley into that? Did this Stanley like, have anything to do with Double Dragon? I meant to look that up, but I'm pretty sure that would be known. That would have been known. It's not a comic book. No, it's, it's not, not a Marvel property. No, I'm pretty sure Stanley had nothing to do with it. I. It was just... Not a lot of the movie makes sense. So we're at the part where Shuko goes to the movie theater that Jimmy, Billy, and Satori live at. Because he has the half of the double dragon medallion that he got from somewhere in China. From the tongueless monks that have tongues. And he goes there and he wants Satori's other half. So he's using all the tricks, sneaking, like... So basically he could either become Satori and use her body, but still his voice, or mirror her and look like her, but not be her. Well, he hops in her body. Yeah, he, he hops in her body, and then, oh, no, 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 then he put, when they put him in the jail, he, he hops, hops out. out. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect graphics, too. It just looks so good. 
just really top technology stuff. And uh, so many in that one scene of those really typical 90s jokes. There's the one where they kick... Uh, no, no, no. They just let a Bobo run past them into uh, like a, a, a pit that has a net. And they're just like, ha nothing but net. Well, they actually... Shitori, who is actually Shuko in disguise, hits a Bobo who is huge and full of steroids with a punching bag that is not even close to his size and is able to knock him over, which makes no sense. Because he would that thing would just bounce right off. Yeah, I think it's just that they wanted to say the joke, nothing but net. That's really it. And then... So they're given the choice of allowing Satori to die because he's gonna he's gonna he lights a cigarette and then he's gonna light the theater on fire because they've been putting gasoline down, or give him the other medallion, and they decide to let her die. Well, he would have killed them anyway. Yeah, but they 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 made the choice. Yeah, <laughs> they made the choice. So they escape. She blows up. That's it. Game over. Game over, man. End of the movie. End of the movie. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, end of... End of Satori. 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 Whatever. Useless character. Which, I actually want to say about her, is it a thing, because, you know, she used to hang out with Shuko and all that shit? Like, you know how he's got the frosted kind of white tips? She's got one frosted... I think that's... I think that was supposed to be her defining character show you, like, she's older. She's been taking care of. Like them. I was, I was, I was thinking, was there supposed to be an understory being like they were part of this group that dyed their hair, <laughs> dyed their hair to show their. No, I don't think that was it at all. I just they cast a young actress to play basically a mother character, and they're like, "Fuck, you're 32, and they're like 34. <laughs> they're playing 18 year olds. It's like we gotta get like a couple strands of gray hair. We can do that." And they're like, "Sure." Thinking, oh, good, she looks like 50 now. It's perfect. Perfect. And it's like, no, she looks 31. So. No, that makes Well, it doesn't matter. She's no dead. Yeah, she's, she's gone. Dead. She's gone out of the story forever, which is integral to the plot. And here's why. It, just kidding. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so they move on. They're sad. They're so sad. Where Billy has a small lunchbox with one picture of Satori. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny little red... No, I think there was multiple pictures in there. He oh, looked okay. at one picture, and then Billy got mad and threw the whole lunchbox in the river. Because he was mad that their car, that was a lost prop from the Mario Brothers movie, mm-hmm. had grilled cheese. All well, the yeah, they said the engine is grilled cheese. Yeah, that's right. Just pulled out a melted part. That was definitely a dick move of Jimmy, like, to just be like... Stop crying of a person that raised this and just died. She died 45 minutes ago. Get <laughs> over it. But then they're just like, okay, it's fine. We have, we have to look out for each other. Well, then, yeah, they walk 10 steps and then they're attacked by every single gang. Because what we missed was actually as soon as uh, the T-1000 gets the half of the medallion, he calls a meeting with all the gangs. They go in... The actor who, from The Hills Have Eyes is, I guess, their mediator or whatever. And then Robert Patrick chokes him as he's a shadow ghost or something. He goes in the shadow, take on me, uh, uh, vision mode, and yeah. then strangles him out. And 
for some reason that means that now he runs all the gangs. And well, this is the thing. The guy was like, this guy, Shuko, he wants to unite all the gangs. And I'm like, you guys all look pretty united already. Really fighting. You, you all follow the rules together. And by the way, this was a total mimic of the TMNT, the first movie, where Shredder's talking to the whole Foot Clan, the big warehouse, he walks in. That's yeah, just not anywhere near as cool. No, not at all. But I, they totally, well, like, there's so many things that they definitely took from other movies and added it within this movie. Hell, the the way they fuel their cars alone. Back to the yeah, Future 2. Yeah, just waste. Exactly. Did Back to the Future 2 come out at that point? Yeah, yeah I think it did, yeah. Instead of using plutonium, I think it was? No, it wasn't even, pl- in the second one, the second one they didn't have to use plutonium, it was just trash. Yeah, that's what I mean. The, they, they showed that at the end of the first one, remember? We were going... There are no roads. No. It was just a botched. But <laughs> <laughs> we're going. We don't need roads. Oh, so like Doc, you got to back up to eighty-eight if you wanna. If you wanna hit the speed or something. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna hit the speed? You gotta go. <laughs> if you wanna speed. <laughs> One misquote to the next. <laughs> hey, Doc. When we first meet the gangs, they show up and there's a couple Mohawk guys, and Billy goes. Don't you know the time? Do you have a watch? And one of them goes, I got a watch. And he's got like a bunch of them. And then that scrawny one immediately goes, It's time we skin you guys. Compliment of Kogo Shuko. And it's like, did they rehearse that? And we're like, all right, man, guys, when they come up, they're going to be like, oh, it's daylight. Why are we here? And they're going to ask, what time is it? And you're going to put on all these watches so you can be like, yeah, I got a watch. And then I'm going to say, it's time we skin you guys. What very situational 90s humor this was. Yeah. It's like, damn, I can't believe that actually worked. <laughs> Why did he ask us about the time? <laughs> I was waiting for him to be like, we've been trying that for years. Finally worked. I can finally take these watches off. So they're attacked by all the gangs. They're chased by the mountain, the mountain bike gang. They, <laughs> right before they hide in a, in a, a sh- uh, like a shack next to the, the ocean. With the ugliest motorcycle. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> right before that, they are attacked by the most fearsome gang, the Postman. The Postman. <laughs> it's when the Postman jo- jumps off a water tower yelling, Airmail! And just lands right in the mud. Do you think he was... His, that was a high water tower, so he must have been like... Waiting up there. Oh, this is it. That's oh, the spot. whole fight where they were fighting for like 10 minutes before with everyone. He had to take that time to just climb up. He also has a, a fear of heights. So like his vertigo was kicking in real oh. bad. You know him? Yeah, personally. He's a good guy. Yeah. Who? He's still Who? in the postal office. Um, Jimmy the Postman. Jimmy the Postman. Yep. Oh, his last Jim. name. The Postman. Wow, and he can really take a fall. Yeah. Should we get him on the phone? <laughs> have a live interview? We actually have him. He's he's here. Hey, Jimmy. No, that actor probably died like 15 years oh. ago. What do you mean my royalty checks for Double Dragon <laughs> ran out? I can't live any longer. And he jumped from another water yeah, tower. He jumped from a tower. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't live. I didn't die when I did it in the movie. <laughs> I'll just do it again. R.I.P. Jimmy. R.I.P. Jimmy. Uh, R.I.P. in peace. Um, so Jimmy the mailman, not Double Dragon. Yeah, no. Oh, not Jimmy the Dragon Lee. So 
they're backed into a corner. They're in a shack. They don't know what they're going to do. They're getting attacked by all the gangs. Do you remember, like, the the scrawny mohawk guy? There's a hole, and he goes, I don't know if you noticed it. It's quick, but it's really funny. And he goes, he's like, I see you. And, and then he hits him in the face, Jimmy, yeah. And, but he turns around, he's like, Yeah, and he oh, cries on the shoulder. And and he's, like, he's like, yeah, just cry it out. He's like, just cry on my just, shoulder. Just cry on my shoulder. <laughs> Wow, why did they mic up all of these extras? <laughs> they did not give... The, no one wrote that line. <laughs> they wanted to show you that the Mohawk gang's actually sensitive. They're compassionate. They They're care. Compassionate. That came out of... Her cry on my shoulder. A big, giant, black guy holding him. Like. Those are touching moments. You know, showing equality and coming together. of You know, all races after the earthquake in 2007. And and don't they say like like if they fell in the water it would like rip their take their skin? Yeah, that's off. a very good point, Andrews. So they say, how are we gonna get out of here? They're like, we can't jump in the water; it's toxic. It'll kill us. And then they're like, sweet, we found a boat we can get away on. And then the boat blows up, and then they're submerged in the water. After wait, you forgot about the cool CGI aiming things and oh yeah, and like, like basically the de- like if you ever had a, a computer in like 1997 and it had a flight simulator just video and it showed like a crash that's the graphics we're talking about and they just superimposed those little explosions pretending that they're missiles and they're just like haha superimposed explosion here in the background not real explosion there well i'm glad that you mentioned missiles because i put down at minute 49 and 32 seconds when they shoot a missile it shows a shot where it's the camera sh- looking at the sky, and Billy and Jimmy are diving, and you see a rope over their head, and then you see a rocket riding that rope. Oh. <laughs> and then the next scene is a CGI rocket just exploding on the beach. I'm surprised they even paid for the practical effects of a wired yeah. missile. It's like, why didn't you just use this? You already had the CGI rocket. Why did you need to put a rope? Well, let's be honest. They didn't. They didn't pay for that. They just took it from another movie. <laughs> they just found it in another movie, and they're just like, I want that explosion. And we put that in the That's true. They probably didn't even know they were going to put the... But at least edit the rope up, because you could clearly see the rope over their heads before the rockets riding They didn't have Photoshop back then. That was someone's job to edit that out, and they missed it. And they're like, fine, whatever. we got to get this into theaters. <laughs> we got to try to make some Kids money. Kids love karate. We spent all our money on Robert Patrick. All of the money. And all of the money on his wardrobe. Well, yeah, because this was definitely after uh, Terminator. So yes. Terminator 2 was like a huge hit. Was it after T2? I believe so. T2 was definitely early 90s. Or maybe roughly the same around the same time. I, hey, everyone. I probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I concur. This could have actually got him the role. We it's saw your work in Double Dragon. We love you want to be the lead antagonist. You're in this good unfortunate at morphing into shit. That's true. Oh my god! They're like, we got inspired. We got inspired watching the graphics. Like, whew, those graphics are good, dude. Oh, when you turn into the the thing from that music video, or that thing from Ghost, that was sweet. What if we made you into Capri Sun? What if you looked like Capri Sun? You in? You're oh, you're in. Yeah. Oh, he's morphing. He, he he's was in on Capri Sun. He was in on Capri Sun. <laughs> product that didn't probably even exist then. A 94? No, yeah, probably. I would say that was a big 90s thing. Yeah. Well, we're getting off topic. So they blow up their boat, presumed dead. 
They're both presumed dead. And where are they, Josh? After it blows up? They're in the water. What? Sucking down water. Sucking down water. And then they're fine. And they're fine. They're, <laughs> they're fine. perfectly fine. So what is the so what is the result after that? So after that, we find out that now the gangs are attacking during the day and they're attacking at night. And we see the one thing that is accurate in this movie. We see the chief of police talking with the press, and the press is trying to skew the story to pander because <laughs> they keep asking him. They're like, oh, don't you think maybe the gangs are misunderstood? They're like, why did they do that? They must have had a reason. And one even says, gangs have rights too. Yes. <laughs> it's like, wow. If they were going to predict anything about the post-2000s, they got the media right. Where it's just like, no, no, these gangs are just attacking now during the day. It's like, yeah, but could it be your fault? Maybe they don't. Maybe you just don't know what they're trying to do. No. And look at it from maybe the gang's point of view. And the thing that immediately they should be questioning themselves is, I'm saying gangs. (laughs) Gangs have rights. Like, (laughs) the definition of gangs is not a good thing. No. (laughs) They're not providing order or anything like that. They're... Destroying the city and stealing. Yeah. And, but they change their tune once, you know, the chief of police is like, mm, well, do you know what time it is? You might want to get home. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, gotta get up before curfew. Oh, gotta get out of here. Because that matters anymore. I didn't even think of that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the gangs are all out. Mm-hmm. So, so. Nonsensical. Anyway, so. The one, tr- from the one true thing in the movie, the media portrayal, to the, we're into the, like the final third now. Now we're at the point where Jimmy and Billy, they're like, we gotta go to Shuko Tower, and we gotta get that other half of the dragon, double dragon medallion. And they don't know why, but they gotta do it. So who do they get to help them? Oh, Melissa, Melissa Milano. Melissa Milano. <laughs> Melissa Milano. In her same booty shorts and, well, she's wearing the classic jeans, but they just have stuff cut out of them because it's the 90s. And then, like, garter belts underneath it for some reason, well, or... Well, it's weird because it's like she cut her jeans, but then kept the the cuffs of her jeans and then held them together with a garter belt. So it's shorts, knees, jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, honestly. So they break in, they go up. Well, they don't break in, they do a stupid, which makes no sense, and I don't know why this, like, the, it's like multiple people wrote different scenes of this movie without, like, discussing each other, because it just seems, I don't know, I don't, there's no proper flow of this movie, the jokes are stupid, they, they, they know where the lair is, and it says, use other door. So they're like, oh, it's a, it's a trap, stupid. And they go, and that ended up being the trap. And then they were like, oh, duh, why don't you use the other door? Well, that's for the power corp, yeah. Yeah, but... So that's where they go to meet Alyssa Milano. They show her the dragon medallion. They try to pretend like it actually does something, but they don't know how to fucking activate it. So then they just make fun of them a bunch. They get out those... They even well, trick yeah. them with the whirly tube thing. Well, we should back up a bit and talk about this layer... Which has green, like yeah, they have like it's green part of our, like toxic everywhere. waste or something, and everyone's just hula hooping everywhere. There's just people hula hooping and 
with whistle thingies and yeah well that's 2007 uh gangs for you that are made up of people that uh, uh, good gangs is that what they're trying to say they're like we're like freedom fighters but that they've never they don't do anything and they just have an army of orphans dressed in rasta shirts pretty much yeah like when you go and go to the Canopy Lake and dye shirts or something. <laughs> like, let me dye my denim overalls and then put a white t-shirt under that and that's, that's what I'm going to wear to the yeah, she, gang meeting. She just, like, recruits... So... She had a bunch of kids to fuck karate. Remember that? Let's break down... Was it Mar- Marion? Is that her name? Her name is Marion. Yeah. Let's break down Marion a little bit. So she's the chief of police's daughter. But she somehow got into power of the power core, where she recruits orphans and has this abandoned warehouse that's sustainable by a small generator with neon lights. What? It does, How did this happen? What? Like I don't know. I feel. I'd love to tell you how it happened. But they never tell you. <laughs> they never tell you anything. They never explain to you why a person who's supposed to be in high school is now the leader of this gang. They only say that they do one positive thing, like, oh, we stole this stuff and we distributed it to, like, homeless people or something. Well, it's it's with everything. They don't explain anything. Shitori. Satori. When they're like, you never tell us about the double dragon. Tell us about the double dragon. And she's just like, your father and I found the double dragon. He died. He gave it to me and told me to protect you boys. End of story. And then Shugo comes in. Oh, we know each other. Why were they looking for the double dragon? How did they all know each other? Yeah, uh, I can only assume that they were in a gang together. The whole theme is gang. So they were in a gang together and then Satori met their dad. And then their dad was like, you shouldn't be in a gang anymore. And she's like, okay. And then she stopped dyeing her hair white, and then she left the gang. You know, that would make sense. That would, like, then that could say why they have the... See, that rambling sentence I just did was more thought than I think they put into a lot of the plot points of this movie. Yeah. I think a lot of the writing of this movie was just, like, a lot of the writers going, Can we go home? I just wrote a part about... About being just eating spinach and farting, and I just want to go home. How many pages since we uh, had the camera on Alyssa Milano's ass? Two? Okay, yeah. No, no, no. We gotta get... She's gonna crawl into a vent, and they're gonna fight to crawl through the vent behind her. Because you can see her bum. Yep. They give you two ass shots in that. And I'm not a creep, guys, but I was counting the ass shots because it was ridiculous. Did you take a drink, everyone? I took a shot. A shot? Wow. Okay. Damn. So the Power Corp, they're willing to help Jimmy and Billy. So now they go to just a random Shuko Tower because I guess they assume that that's where the guy's going to be. That's where everything, that's their base of operations, I guess. It's probably the nicest building we've or lobby we've seen in this mm-hmm. entire movie. Yeah, it doesn't look like it needed any jacks to hold anything up. It's got a really nice fan on the top of the building. Really, and the new one was being carried up in the scene, like as you can see it. Really good stuff. So they tag him with skateboarders. I was yes, okay. I was leading into that. Oh, sorry. The distraction scene where it's just the classic up kids on skateboards and rollerblades causing havoc in the lobby. All the guards like, what the hell is going on here with all these children? Gotta get security down here. (laughs) Security. These children got them rollerblades. We can't get them. 
And uh, all that does is it's a diversion tactic so that they can all sneak in. So they get into the vent, they're on the top floor. They get into Shugo's office, and what do they see? Who do they see coming to talk terms with, with Shugo? The chief. The chief of police? Yes. Alyssa Milano's dad. Bum, bum, bum! And he can't be bought. And wait, what was Alyssa Milano's plan? Wasn't it something to, like... It was some stupid plan she had. She didn't even want to, like... Oh, God. Yeah, cause she brought out this, uh... She brought out this, uh, computer that basically looked like... Like a Game Boy Advance, but, like, 60 times bigger. And she flipped it up and she says, This is the database for all the gangs. And it tells you... It breaks down all the money to get. So we're just gonna have one of these gang factions make more money and we're gonna release that information into the gangs and then it'll start a mutiny and they're just like what well billy of course is like oh that's a great plan and jimmy's like a bum jimmy who you know what i would have this movie if they just made it about jimmy and billy was just barely in the movie it probably wouldn't be that bad because jimmy was the smartest one shatori before he died she died she gave the dumb one the medallion true dumb american (laughs) Dumb white boy. The dumb white boy. Well, yeah, let's talk about the, that actor for a little bit. Because they they put the brunt of the stunts on him. Yeah, he because definitely... Because he he's an actual... He does martial arts. He's been in a lot... He was in, I think, John Wick 3. He's been in a lot of martial arts yeah. stuff re- like over his career. When he does that backflip... That's all real. I positive. It was him. Yeah, like, he does... He did his stunts, like a lot of the kicking and stuff... And that's the smoothest parts of any of the fight scenes. Throughout the entire movie, fight scenes are edited so janky because you can tell that these actors have no training with stunts or fighting or any choreographed stuff like that. So it's just like throw a weak punch and then edit to the other person reacting. And it's just jump cuts everywhere. And it is dizzying. It is dizzying in a lot of action. Except Jimmy. Because they can actually focus on him and he can do like a jump kick or a flip. Or he can actually, you know, do stuff and it looks legit. I don't know, Huey and Louie looked like they were doing their own their own stuff. I don't think so. I, w- I, I just wanted to bring them up. I didn't really think that... I, I thought we were leaving Huey and Louie out and I just want to... I'm, I'm ashamed. I just wanted to put them Who I think they were trying to portray them as t- twins, but since they were both Asian, I think they were like, people will think they're twins. Oh, the, the two guys that always had toothpicks? Yep. Yeah. Eating something? They're always eating something or a toothpick. Where they had no lines in the movie until the very end when it's just them walking into the distance. One of them at the beginning when they're at the town, the tongueless monk town, one of them speaks in, I believe, Japanese, but they dub, he's still dubbed. Like, they still dub him speaking Japanese. Like, it's not his voice. Like, I'm like, Why? <laughs> Why did you dub him over with a different language still? Like, yeah. I, uh, oh, because it was somewhere in China. <laughs> That's why so they had to do that. Yeah. Like, culturally accurate, I guess, or something. Yeah, but he was Chinese. I don't know, Andrew. I don't know. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> so they're in the air vent, right over Shuko's office, watching the conversation go, back, go down, and... They're over a vent, right over the right over the desk. And so their brilliant plan is to take this chain, or the, no, fishing wire, excuse me, and they hook a pin that Marion has, Alyssa Milano's character. 
and they're trying to get the other get the other half of the medallion and pull it up. Even even though when you get the shot from below them, the great opening is probably less than an inch, and the medallion is like a pretty big medallion, it would never make it through no, the vent. Not make it through. Plus, the pin that they're using would never make it through that vent. So how do they get how do they get it out? How do they get it out of that hole? To, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's nonsense. Somehow they're supposed to not have seen that thing going up and down like, oh, his back's turned, let's try to get the medallion. And then the, the whip lady sees it and just lets let go on for like a two minutes. And then it starts into a, a pretty bad fight scene where the whip lady is fighting the chief of police. She's using like... What is that, like a halberd or something? <laughs> he has like a spear. And Jimmy and Billy literally run at Shugo. And he does like a bull matador sidestep. And they just jump into an elevator shaft. Which is just empty because he just has a random... Because it raises from the ground. And then he they jump where they grab the rope and slide all the way down, which would tear the shit out of their hands. Oh, they would not be able to fight. They, like, they should have just been screaming the whole way down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then the T-1000 does his little uh, take on me trick. Jumps lights down the there. Lights his up. Excuse me. Makes sure he has a fucking cigarette in his mouth before he jumps into that shaft. And then they're down They're down in the lair. The, uh, the experimental room where a, do- a bobo, a dobo... <laughs> Adobe Photoshop. Adobe, he does. Adobe. He does fucking his uh, steroids, and they just see all these dead bodies everywhere, and then the dead bodies start coming to life. What? No, no, they were coming to life because no, Shugo was uh, possessing them. I get that, but what was this cellar? What was it? What? There's a basketball zombie player, like a basketball player zombie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they oh, don't really elaborate. They, he, there's another guy that just has, like, a metal plate in his head for some reason. Who who looks like a, a biker sailor. He's got, like, the little Donald Duck sailor thing on and a metal cone head. But, by the way, how do we know when Shugo jumps into someone's body? Because it's still his voice. Oh, yeah, it's finger cracking and stuff like that. <laughs> well, no, it's also because it's clearly Robert yeah, Patrick's but, voice but coming out of like a female. <laughs> definitely, but we, we forgot to mention throughout the movie, whenever he jumps in a body, when he's in Satori, she's like cracking, her, like doing the hand motions obnoxiously of cracking her knuckles. Like, that's his thing. He cracks his knuckles. Just in case the viewer doesn't realize it's Shuko in the body, even though, like you said, his voice. They're like, people may not realize that it's him. So just, we should make him do something. How about, maybe have him crack his knuckles, you know? Because he does it like in every body he jumps in. He does it when he's the basketball player. He definitely doesn't do it when he's the the conehead um, sailor motorcycle guy. Robot. Yep. Because wow. his hands are there's no way that they, they would make... Like, they were probably like, nah, man, that's just stupid. <laughs> like That's a little too unrealistic. That, that does not make sense. <laughs> so, fight scene, they're just overpowered by the T-1000. They have to escape. Yep. But, uh-oh, poor Jimmy. Looks like he's stuck, and looks like he's getting killed. So then Marion, Billy, they make their escape. 
They make their escape. They go back to the power court. And they're like, what do we do? We can't do anything. Before they even have a thought come out of any of their stupid heads, they're attacked by all of the gags again. Led by... Flash. Flash. Yeah. I, as you, the way you said that, I was thinking like the Flash Gordon song, like Queen Flash. did. Flash. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is the scene where we get the two worst jokes in yep. the entire movie. So, I don't know if you all know this, but the actress that plays Lash was on a show called General Hospital. Melissa Milano was on a show called Who's the Boss? Can you guess what the jokes they make are? So, at one point, these characters are fighting each other. And Lash gets the upper hand. And what does she say to Melissa Milano? Who's the boss now? Classic. And then, oh my god, the tables turn again. Which, before this happens, this scene, Lash gets her whip caught onto a pole, but continues to try to pull it off the pole while about to be attacked. Like, Yeah, well, you know, she's only a master of whips when it's not comedically funny for the plot. I only know whips! Yeah, it, it didn't make sense. Um... It didn't make sense. So then Billy punches her. Oh, yeah. Punches her. <laughs> and it's like a passing thing, too. And it's, like, made to play off, like, comically because they put, like, the... And then she's like, oh. Because, like, starry-eyed. He punches a girl right yeah, in the face. Yeah, he does. I remember saying, wow, there's women hitting in this. But she's bad, so it's okay. It's and okay. She, she's a bad and guy. And she's blonde. That's true. <laughs> you can hit blondes. In the 90s, folks. In the 90s, you can hit blondes. <laughs> So they tie her up, and what does uh, Alyssa Milano's character say? I generally put people in the hospital. Is yep. That it? Because the actress Christina Wagner Ugh. is from General I Hospital. Even, I even think I'll look up her name. I don't care enough. But that's the thing. Like, 94, maybe you watched Who's the Boss, but I totally didn't Oh, no, no, no. This is like the thing like before Pixar started doing this. These are little jokes that throw are thrown in for the adults that are taking these kids there. Because adults are watching General Hospital, and they're, yet the parents are watching these things like Who's the Boss and stuff like that. So these are jokes for them. Basically, Pixar ripped off Double Dragon, putting in all those adult jokes and like. Shrink. We see what you've been doing. We see Pixar. through your lies. We Pixar. see through you. You think you're better than Disney, but you're just the same. Massive, terribly choreographed fight in the Power Corps lair, which leads to the realization that Jimmy is still alive as he just randomly falls from the ceiling and then kicks two people to save Billy and says. Hello, dragonfly. In Robert Patrick's voice. <laughs> and then this brother who's known him his entire life is like, What are you, you still alive? Oh my god, your voice is different. I, it's weird that Shugo loves to do the trope of hopping into someone else's body and then beating up his own people. Yeah, he really likes doing that. Yeah. Really likes he it. He did that with Satori and he did that again with Jimmy. Yeah, he's kind of a one trick pony. He's kind of a dick. Well, I mean, he's a bad guy, but again. 90s movie. Yeah. He's gotta be a dick. It's just a rule. What is Shuko? He's a white guy that's culturally <laughs> appropriating some, someone else's, like, image. Like, he took some guy's name. He's like, yeah, my name is Geisman, but uh, I kind of like, uh, is that like Polish or something? Geisman? I, I don't know, but he says, oh, won't strike fear, so I 
I said, Guga Shuko. No, yeah. This is some samurai warlord? Yeah, or something like that. But again, he runs everything. Nobody's seen his face. It, it makes no sense. But anyway, so Jimmy's possessed by the... Possessed by the power of the soul stone. Um, well, I mean, the dragon medallion. The soul which is, stone. <laughs> the power of the soul. I did hear here. that double dragon is part of the MCU. That's why they had that Stan Lee quote earlier within the movie. That makes sense. I'm pretty sure in the, the final act of Endgame, you can see Jimmy and Billy in the background next to Howard the Duck fighting. Well, if you if you really listen closely, he, before Tony dies, he says, We must get the double dragon. <laughs> we need to turn into the, the ghost from Ghost. <laughs> the ghost from Ghost. I know, Tony, you love that movie. We did it, Mr. Stark. We got the double dragon. <laughs> we got the double Okay, Mr. Stark. <laughs> you can rest now, Tony. We have both halves of the medallion. <laughs> He's not like an 80-year-old man having a heart attack. What is this? He doesn't make any noise in that part. <laughs> well, I said you have to listen closely. Wait, wait, we can't start, tar- start talking about like better, way, way fucking better movies. <laughs> okay, we'll just, this will just be about ending. I just, I just want, you know, Kevin Feige, Feige, to hear this, because he's totally listening, and be like, damn, Double Dragon. And then, you know, we get the Double Dragon involved, and then soon we'll have Battletoads in the MCU. Wow. Battletoads in the MCU. Well, I think uh, I think MCU's lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I think ten years is enough. Uh, Battletoads are in, I think I might be. Taking a step back. I'm a little too grown. A little too grown for we that. We can't get the turtles. We're going to go with battle toads. Can't get the turtles. We'll get the toads. We'll get the toads. Uh, we're so close to the end of the movie. We're so, it's also the part where everything's just falling apart. Like, nothing makes sense. So, they finally are able to get Kugashuko, whatever the fuck his name is, out of Jimmy's body. T-1000. T-1000. What's called T-1000? That makes the most sense. And what happens? He gets the other part of the medallion. And we get the fake out of a swear word where Billy is like, oh, shh. And then Kugashugo is like, that's right. And then it's really bad graphics of him morphing into dual demon swordsman. Which, it, it makes no sense. So he would be he turns into that. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Because well, one part of the thing allows well, also, you to merge into people and allows you to control them, although and, you have the same voice. And actually, I, I actually, before we go further on this, I don't want to backtrack, but you forgot that Billy accidentally uses it. Oh, yeah. And then we get... Um, you find out that their half is the power of body. But he decides to throw it for some reason. Remember, he, he decides to, like, for some reason, be like, you know what, you're not working. And he wasn't even trying the whole time. He was just running away from Jimmy Shuko. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just throws it. like a Sopranos character. Jimmy Shuko. <laughs> hey, Jimmy Shuko, he's got the fucking hookers down there on the, at the bottom <laughs> of the force. He's going to go down to the pier 
And you're gonna go ask for Jimmy Shoe Talk to my buddy. He's got the uh, he's got that thing for you. That package. <laughs> Yeah, so then we do the whole thing, and again, this goes through my... The reason I wanted to backtrack is, again, like, he's got the power to body where you assume that he'd be wicked strong and powerful, but yet he could still be punched around, thrown through a wall. Well, granted, he was thrown through a wall and he felt nothing. He's like, oh, I'm so strong. So but strong. don't you think when he punches Jimmy in the face, Jimmy Shuko, he would have punched Jimmy's head off? Yeah, he should have. He should absolutely should have punched his whole head off. Yeah. Because, I mean... Okay, so fast forwarding, Robert Patrick, T-1000, Kushuko, he, he gets the other medallion, turns into demon, sword, samurai, th- twins, but they're not invincible. Have none of the abilities. Have none of the abilities. They're just two sword demon things separate. They get punched around, and they do, they kick them back together, and then they're able to get the medallion Right? Well, you forget because of of Bobo's in a bathroom and sees a nudie photo and he's like, (laughs) and then finally sees a picture of himself, freaks out, breaks out, goes to where they are, and he goes, Marion delights! He has the rights! Wow. That's what he sounds like. Listen, he. He can't say that word, so we'll just say he isn't TikToked. <laughs> well, I was going to say he sounds more We're like... We're not going to say the other word. <laughs> well, no. Well, you could have just said he sounded like, uh, what's his name, from Goonies. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to take it to that. Yeah, but they were implying something with that character, I think, too. Well, yeah, <laughs> they go, a lot. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> no more spinach. That was more like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> the Governor. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so yes, you're right. It weakens Kugoshuko's demon sword twins. They kick them together in classic terrible CGI or claymation, whatever the fuck it is, and that breaks off the medallion into two, which both brothers have. And right then is where they give the T1000 the one swear in the entire movie. Oh sh! That's right. And, but I gotta say, how many takes, like, cause that, those medallions are so thin. Like, oh I yeah, they like, probably just like kept going past I would, I, if it was me, I would be like, shit, oh sorry, oh shit, shit, how many shits do we get? Oh, just one, oh. Like, I feel like I would miss it immediately. So, my question to you is, I, I assume that they get the power, they show that they can get the power to, you know, jump into his character, and they do the whole, paint yourself thing, to well, T-1000. But why do their clothes change? Their clo- his clothes didn't change when he used the medallions, the I, other guy. I think, and I don't remember what she says, because we get a brief... When that oh, happens, head of tornado Satori. You unlock the power. I am proud dragon. of you boys. You have locked... It was, you are the dragon brothers. Like, <laughs> And it makes no sense. They're just playing off of... I don't even know. Did they... Where Billy and Bimmy in the Double Dragon game, I don't really remember. Did they have the different colors, like red and blue? Yeah, they were red and blue, yeah. but they were actually brothers. But it was were like, like two white people, and not like an Asian guy and a white guy. And it was player one and player two, so yeah. when he was like, why do I have to be blue? I'd rather be red or something like that, as like a joke for video yeah. game players being like, I don't want to be player two. 
I feel like that's that's where they were going with it. When throughout the whole movie, like it's so weird that they question their colors when Billy's wearing blue the whole movie and Jimmy's wearing red. Yeah. Yeah, not good. So they get new clothes and then they fuck around with them a little bit. And then just the stupidest way to like foil a villain. They use the half of the medallion to jump into the T-1000's body. And they talk to the cops and they're like, hey, put me in jail. He's like, ha, ha, ha. And they're like, yeah, you, you'll just buy your way out. He's like, well, here's $190 million. Because you can just print out checks randomly on personal things. Printer out things. That like, yeah, handheld printers from 2007. So, yeah. So then he just gets arrested and leads to the classic trope of lawyers being worse than even the worst villains. Because most movies in the 90s had a joke like they give Robert Patrick's character closing. You think I'm bad? Wait till you meet my lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Even even the... <laughs> it's like, huh? Was that like supposed to set up a sequel? <laughs> what the Double Dragon 2. Like, Double lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> the lawyers got out. The lawyer Shuka gang. Shuka. Yeah, it probably was a, a lawyer gang. They're just doing paperwork in an office somewhere. <laughs> we'll be there in a minute. So, I th- yeah, I, I do think they were trying to set up that they could possibly make another movie the way they ended it with the boys somehow leaving that building after the big fight. And then just a whole new car that has dragons on it was made specially for them by the Power Core people. Like, we got some mechanics to make this car for you. It's like, we were just fighting to the death. Like, where did... They weren't helping us fight? They were fixing this fucking thing up? That's irresponsible. Alyssa Milano. should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. Yeah, it just kind of ends with a joke of a Bobo wanting to drive, and then Jimmy thinks that it's Billy using the stone or something. Which doesn't make sense, because Jimmy was the one with the body medallion. No. Billy was the one with the body. No. Jimmy's the Asian one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I mean is, like, Jimmy was the one with the one that could jump into the body. Yeah, Billy had the... So why would he think that Billy was in a Bobo's... It makes no sense. Because they wanted to go off on one of those scenes where, like, what's going on, guys? I'm right here. What? Ah! <laughs> like, the whack, like, fucking Macaulay Culkin, like, in Home Alone, like, oh my god! And Bobo just been... <laughs> I did like seeing the two the twin Asian henchmen with signs that said, like, we'll hench for food. Yeah. <laughs> like, new gang wanted. And they had the uh, Shuko Gain symbol spray painted on their head, but now it had, like, a circle and a cross out on it. Yeah, that was that was actually very funny. And again, their voices were dubbed. Yeah, it absolutely. For, like, terrible. New York accents. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, this is one of those movies that it, it, it it's, it's trying to hit the tropes that video game movies set, meaning you have to make multiple references to video games, you have to make multiple wacky kid jokes, and there has to be screaming stupid characters, and you have to show a little booty. You gotta show the characters, what? Look at that ass! You gotta show that kind of stuff. Though I feel like that would not fly in today's climate. Oh, and the one thing we mentioned, we didn't mention, 
you have to show the arcade cabinet for the game it was based oh on. Oh my god. Ugh. Did you notice that the yes. Double Dragon arcade cabinet was the only one that was not spray painted all over so you couldn't see any of the names yes. of the other ones? Even though if you like, you know arcade cabinets, like you're like, okay, that's gauntlet, but they spray painted something else on it. So, they live in a world where there is a game called Double Dragon. <laughs> they're, they're trying to protect the Double Dragon medallion. Oh my god. They're, why don't they just play the game? You're like, wow, this is like real life. Oh, because it's not anything like it. The game is simple, and it's a one-note well, the thing. summary is different. the The villain in the in the video game is actually called Big Willie. <laughs> Maybe they thought it wasn't kid appropriate. Yeah, um, <laughs> Willie means penis. <laughs> and they just added Kogashuko, who wasn't even in the video game. I think that was just Robert Patrick on that '90s cocaine, just like my name is. Like, hey, Mr. Patrick, uh, can we get you a coffee or anything? He's like, no, my name is Kogashuko. He's just doing, he's like method acting like Jared Leto does now, like, he's like the Joker, like, leaving people, like, use condoms and shit. My name Kogashuko. But they just, like, randomly fall onto the floor and, like, slide around, like, I'm a sad, I'm a shadow. Well, see, I feel like they used this to, um, trigger the, the animated series, which, which they do use Kogashuko, and I actually, again, I liked it when I was a kid. I thought it was cool that they had the dragon masks that they turned into. If I bet if I watched it again, it's probably a terrible. Yeah, terrible. I don't even remember that existed, so I didn't really. Yeah. Did you also know that Neo Geo made a double dragon fighting game for this movie? Oh my god! And it is no, I didn't. And the game actually, like the the fights and stuff like that, I saw look kind of cool and everything like that, but it. They, the beginning of it, um, it was like Neo Geo CD. The beginning of it shows clips from the movie. And you see um, T-1000's face, like, and he's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then, um, oh, yeah. Then it's just a bunch of random characters that aren't even in the, in the movie. And Billy and Jimmy don't even look like Billy and Jimmy. It is, it is unbelievable. Um... Yeah. You want to get into final thoughts? Oh boy. All right, let's get into our final thoughts. So let's let's just break down overall score. We'll do it on multiple levels because this is, you can't just say, is this a good movie? No. Cla- as compared to a classic 90s cheesy ass movie, what do you give this 10 out of 10? Or 1 out of 10? 1 out of 10 for cheesiness? Oh, 10. Yeah, I was going to say the- 6 or 7. I think it still follows a lot of the... It, it really doesn't do anything, like, different. It tries a lot of the same kind of stuff, like, oh, wacky characters, like, mutant a bobo, we can make an action figure well, off that. Are you saying good, cheesy, like, exec- cheesy. executed well, or just cheesy fall flat? Well, no, I mean, the falling flat would be the next category, which would be actual good movie. Yeah. So, okay, for cheesiness, I will, I'll get, it's I'll, cheesy. I'll, it's I'll like be realistic, I'll, yeah, like I'll give it a seven. Yeah, it's like a seven. For an actual good movie, this is probably a three or four. Um, just because, I mean, multiple times we've said they don't explain that. They Multiple things they just do not explain throughout the movie. They don't give you enough backstory. Not like we give a shit. Like, I don't need to know why Andy Dick, George Hamilton, and Vanna White play themselves. And they're in, like, three seconds of this movie. I don't need to know that. Well, I don't need to know why. So what are you giving it for a score for 
actual good movie. Like a four or a three. All right, I I'm I'm gonna put you down for a three. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's a two. Okay. You know, I thought you were gonna go higher, and I was like, <sighs> I I need to hear your reasoning. <laughs> Just if a, if we got more backstory, like because there there wasn't real because if you think about it, there wasn't. Like, what is the story of this? Just this medallion. All of a sudden, Shuko wants this medallion, and things just seem to fall into place with this medallion's here. Why does he want the medallion? So he can control a major city? He already controls a major major city. Yeah. Well, I think he proved with half the medallion he could control all the gangs, and that led to them having control of day and night. And he thought maybe they could, with the other half, then he couldn't be hurt, so that he could control even more gangs and control more parts of What's the What's the purpose? There's no purpose. No purpose. And he's then, already a billionaire because he runs the company that everyone buys products from. Also, why are Jimmy and Billy special? They, the father, for some reason, wanted them to have the Devil Dragons because they knew that they were the chosen ones or something. Yeah, like, but why? But why? And that's what I mean. It's hard for me. Even giving it a two was is really tough for me because, like. It's yeah. hard to get through. It's it's it's, it's hard really to it's hard, hard to yeah. pay attention because I'm the type of person like oh cool I want to put on that movie and I just put it on and do something else like you know fuck around with your phone like have a drink whatever no but this one we're like trying to take notes and like focus on things and remember stuff it's hard to do that when you can tell a lot of the actors aren't trying that much when a lot of the actors who like say even like extra some of the gang members. You could see them looking in the camera a few times like that's 101 you just don't do that you, you don't do that or you just you get another take like the director's supposed to catch that shit when they're editing and be like we gotta do another take because four people are looking in the camera <laughs> are we gangs yet or yeah it's just this again do i think having more backstory would have helped me get through this no <laughs> it probably just would have angered me that they're trying to put more into this movie that wasn't trying that hard to begin with and i remember just not being impressed with it when i was younger i'm a salty old man now and somehow i didn't like it when i was 10 yeah see i was the opposite and watching this as an adult it like because i remember being like this movie is awesome this movie was great haven't seen it since i was a kid and boy was i let down boy and that that's actually going to bring us to our next um next one um so first i'm gonna so everybody gets a base of, of what how the scoring goes. We first did how cheesy. Josh and I both agree it's a seven. It's a great cheesy. 90s. It's a great. If you look at it through that lens of '90s, this is what they did. This is the things they did in every movie. They hit all these different points. They they hit those. Not everything was executed perfectly. It seems like they're kind of using like kind of typical jokes, like "Oh, we're lighting the, the matinee on fire." It's like, "Oh, is it hot in here?" It's like yeah. that joke's been made. It's been made a lot. There was a lot of cheesy one-liners in this. The next category which we scored was, is this an actual good movie? And Josh gave it a three, and I gave it a two. It's hard to get through. This next category is faithfulness to the video game. Was it faithful? Um, I will give that a two because... Uh, no, uh, yeah, two. Because there are two characters whose name is the same as in the video game. Jimmy and... Oh, no, I'm giving it a one because it's Jimmy and Billy and not Jimmy and Bimmy. Never mind. Other than that, the plot of the of Double Dragon is a gang punches you in the stomach and takes your girlfriend. And then you just fight a bunch of people and you get her back. And there's like a boss of the gang at the end. 
this this movie has close to nothing to do with that. Not at all. No. They don't even kidnap Alyssa Milano at one point in this movie. She's the damsel. But, yeah. But it was the 90s, like, oh, strong female characters and yeah, supporting she, actresses. She didn't get kidnapped <laughs> once. Nope. Jimmy got possessed. Yeah. And kidnapped, too. He, kidnapped. he was the damsel. So for mine, I'm going to give it one point half a dragon medallion. Wow. Yep. Mainly because I like the gangs. I, I really, I, it has nothing to do with the story or anything, but I, I got a kick out of every new gang that I, All I right. saw. Then I'll give it a one point half medallion as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, just because the gangs were funny. Just seeing like clowns doing pantomiming and you're just like, wow, those are some aggressive clowns. But like the mailmen, they're, they're postal workers, but they're also a gang. I want to know that backstory. They got a day job. They have a day. They were up all day and all night. Yeah. Through sleet and rain no and wonder sunshine. They, they want that double dragon. They want the double dragon. Not a good movie. No, not that great of a movie. So for the final segment of this podcast, we're going to do, would you give this movie a extra life? Meaning, yeah, I'll probably watch it again. Maybe recommend people based on how good or cheesy it is. Or would you give it a game over? Meaning, there's no point, it's useless, take it and throw it in the old cartridge pin in the attic. What would you give it, Andrew? Now, now if you want... I also, would, you're sober. You can't, can't I, will, like, I will say, like, if you're, gonna, if you're looking for a cheesy movie to watch when you're with a bunch of your friends and, like, have a couple drinks and a couple laughs and you're not going to pay attention to this movie, I would say, like, you know, give... If you haven't watched it already, if you if you've listened to this episode, you haven't watched it yet, give it a whirl, have some alcohol, enjoy. Now, watching this again as an adult, I don't want to see it again. I don't want to see this movie, so I'm giving the I'm giving this a game over. If I do watch it again, I will hopefully be in my eighties. Yeah, I'm also gonna give it a game over. Uh... I didn't seek this movie out after I saw it in theaters when I was 10. Uh, the only other time I've seen this was when me and you watched it probably five or six months ago. And then recently watching it for this podcast episode. And both times were pretty tough to get through. Yeah. And the only reason we got through is because we were having some drinks and cracking some fucking jokes. So we if did... that's the mindset you're going to have, like Andrew said, you're going to get a couple people together, have a couple drinks, put the movie on. Maybe you're not all like glued to it, but you're talking about how shady it is. That's how the movie's enjoyable. But if you're like, I'm going to write a thesis on this in my movie history <laughs> class, no, that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. It's not worthwhile. It's uh, this isn't something I, I think Alyssa Milano mentions when people talk about movies she's proud of being a part of. Um, she probably doesn't remember doing this one, honestly. I would. I'm actually going to do that as soon as we stop recording. I'm going to make myself forget this movie. On that note, Josh, what are we watching next week? Uh, oof. Next week, uh, I believe we decided we're going with Doom. That was a shotgun being shotgunned. Yep. And uh, I saw this in the theater. Did you see this in the theater? No, I did not. I've wow. never seen this movie, and I'm actually looking forward to it. See, I'm going to say this. It's probably not as bad as Double Dragon. It does have The Rock, 
very early on in his like action guy career. He was probably still doing WWF mostly. Yeah, it's probably going to be a little better. It's probably going to be more graphic, which will make it more enjoyable. But um, I don't think it's going to be that much better. I think it's still going to have a lot of flaws. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen it and I didn't see it ever after I saw it in theater. So, Well, everyone, join us next week for Doom. I'm Andrew Gonzalez. I'm Josh Eddington. And this has been 8-Bit Movie Review. We'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up our episode of Double Dragon. If you like the music within the episode, that was a cover from the original Double Dragon video game by Bombatron. If you go to our website at 8bitpod.com, that's the number 8, bitpod.com, we will have that link listed where you can find more music from Bombatron. Also on our website, you'll find the latest episodes and additional content, which you can also find on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. So folks... Each week, Josh and I try our best to find where you can watch the next movie for free, if possible. Luckily, we were able to find a pretty good version of Doom on YouTube. If you go to our homepage at 8bitpod.com, that's the number 8bitpod.com, we'll have that link listed for you. Also, if you have any questions for Josh and I, or if we missed something in the episode, just email us at 8bitmoviereview at gmail.com. That's the number 8bitmoviereview at gmail.com. We may even read your email in a future episode. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye!